0: TUC Radio, Time of Useful Consciousness. Joanna Macy, inspiration for December 2022. Here are excerpts from a conversation between the scholar of Buddhism and activist Joanna Macy and Vicki Robin, a writer, speaker, and host of the What Could Possibly Go Right podcast. Vicki Robin reads these words by Joanna Macy that moved her.
1: She says that the most remarkable feature of this historical moment is not that we are on the way to destroying our world. We've actually been on the way quite a while. It's that we are beginning to wake up as if from a millennia long sleep. Hi, Vicki Robin here, host of What Could Possibly Go Right a project of Post Carbon Institute. We interview cultural scouts, people who see far and serve the common good, and social artists who take the pulse of the times and create. In this time when so much seems to be coming apart, for sure, much is coming together that we can't see. So our guests help us to see more clearly and act more courageously in this potent time of change. Today's guest is one of my mentors and likely yours too joanna macy in the interview i did with her i hung on her every word she seemed to be speaking from somewhere deep inside both her and the earth i want to share one thing from her website she says that the most remarkable feature of this historical moment is not that we are on the way to destroying our world. We've actually been on the way quite a while. It's that we are beginning to wake up as if from a millennia long sleep to a whole new relationship to our world, to ourselves and to each other. So that's what's in store for you. Joanna Macy is an author and teacher and a scholar of Buddhism who is steeped in systems thinking and deep ecology. She is a respected voice in movements for peace, justice, and ecology. She interweaves her scholarship with learnings from six decades of activism. Her wide ranging work addresses psychological and spiritual issues of the nuclear age, the cultivation of ecological awareness, and the fruitful resonance between Buddhist thought and postmodern science. And now, here's Joanna. Dearest Joanna what a pleasure and a privilege to have you here with us i'm going to seed our conversation with a few prompts which you can take or not. So your image of the great turning the dying of the old and the birth of the new has inspired me for decades, but somehow I thought it meant those of us who are aware and able would be the turner's not simply those alive to witness the old story turning to dust. So it's taken humility and healing to let go of this Shambhala warrior cape that we might be victorious in our lifetimes and rescue life from the maw of capitalism. But here we are, and you have been again guiding us to accept what we cannot change, but also providing wisdom about how we will live through the collapses that are underway or coming toward us. Because, if I, as I've heard you say, in this dying of the old is an opportunity for our souls to stand at the wheel while we practice active hope. So we who are weary warriors, teachers, scientists, activists, leaders, students, family members, we really want to hear your reflections on this one question we ask each guest, which is, in the midst of all that seems to be going awry, Joanna, what could possibly go right? I hear you. The one
2: thing that we have going for us is that we still have choice. As you may know, I have been very affected by being in the Buddhist tradition for the last 50 years. And I've written a book with the word hope in it. There is no word for hope in the Buddhist tradition, in the teachings, in the scriptures. Perhaps with the understanding that to think about hope takes you out of the present moment and that immediately ungrounds you and you lose connection with your inmost sense of what's real and what's true. But what I take joy in and answer with this we what could go right is that we can choose to be here. That is a radical act. That means that we are standing almost naked of both our pretensions and our imaginings of what we ought to be seeing, saying, appearing as what people want to hear, what we'd like to say, and just be starkly present in this moment and now what is present to us and what's present to you or to me in this moment? I have the choice to allow that and what immediately comes to my mind is Pakistan. I cannot almost pull my attention away from what is happening in the floods covering almost a third of Pakistan. It poured down in the outsized monsoons, but now it's standing water, sometimes up to the waist. It's wrecked your crops. Reports of the harvesting of cotton and they're wading out and trying to pull what's still white, what hasn't been wrecked of the balls of cotton. That's what they count on for exchange for money. And now it's standing and, and breathing illness in that standing water. To be present with what is now. What is now is that for the first time since the building and use of nuclear weapons since Hiroshima and Nagasaki, what we actually did, there is conversation the fight of people using in the Russia-Ukraine hostilities. And what there is, as I look at my own country, is the people not banding together, but turning on each other. Whether it's right on the neighborhood level, we have a serial killer, on the front pages of today's paper, or the struggles and animosities of people. You know, Vicki, that when I did my first workshop, and that was 50 years ago, yeah, late 70s, I noted a social activist that I admired greatly for courage and leadership that she brought. She came to this workshop where I asked people to express their grief, their alarm, and not let it be treated as a private failing, but let it be treated as something you could actually face and see in your facing of it, both your curiosity and your courage and your caring care curiosity and courage alliteration yeah yeah (laughs) yeah when I look at my world right now what I see is alarm and I feel my own broken heart or breaking heart it doesn't just break once or just be broken it just keeps on and that that tells me that I love my world and I'm part of it I don't expect that capacity to ever leave me mm-hmm. and don't want it to actually. And so what I'm experiencing, Vicki, as much as ever in my life, is that the world is inside me and that I'm strewn about it. I'm everywhere. And maybe that's why I have felt so grateful to be here. It's like if I'd ever known that there would come a time where we're faced with the biggest dangers and tests and suffering that we could imagine a time like this, where so many people literally do think it's too late, too late for peace, too late for the climate healing. If there were ever a time like that coming, I would want to be there.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And you, I think you would too.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Not because you think you'd know what to do, not, but because you wouldn't want to miss it. You'd want to just be there. Yeah, I don't know why. It's certainly not to do with any kind of capacity or wisdom, but that this is my world. This is our world, and my caring is so immense, as is yours. That's why you're doing this program. Mm
1: -hmm. You want us
2: to be available to each other. You're helping people
1: help each other. Yeah. Several things come to mind as you speak. One, and I wanna put out both of them and you can use whatever, but one is the excruciating experience of being present and not trying to intervene to do something to reduce one's own experience of distress. You know, and so much of how people respond in this world is to reduce, and I've done this big time, reduce our own feeling of distress. I would say that that was a sort of a a subtext of my activism. That I could bear the world because I believed I was doing something that could change conditions such that the suffering didn't have to happen. And linked with it was there was grief, and then right on top of the grief was fury like, God damn it, those guys are not going to get away with this. Oh, yeah. And so to arrive at a time in life and a time in the life of the world when that frantic patching holes in the old ship frantic pulling of the wheel to like pulling 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 it's almost like that's an old activity and that there's some other activity that's being asked of us and and in part what i'm thinking about is the mystery of if we were i i love these constructions of if then because they're all bs but anyway (laughs) If we were excruciatingly present, there might be something that emerges in terms of action that comes out of the endurance of the reality. You know what I mean? So in a way, it's like there is doing. We get up every day. We we breathe. We, you know, there's going to be doing. Did you reflect on the doing? Yeah, that's a trap
2: because it can make you feel that your idea your project is something fully trustworthy and that you can give your full attention to that and and uh, sell it sell it of one way or another totally. towards the people. I become convinced that the one thing that any of us can do for our world is to be present. To be fully present and out of that presence it's like a interweaving of our being and our perspective and our curiosity and the life buzzing in our senses that what we are becoming present to is revealing will help us see, will act through us,
1: Hmm.
2: even without our knowing it necessarily, or even without our having the right words. Uh, Joanna at 93 was having her words blink out sometimes in the middle of a sentence, but that there can be a way we become a sensory organ of our world with that kind of deep attention. And it's almost like prayer. And it's deep, it's so deep, it's like rejoicing at the same time. And it you take it inside you. I like those people up to their knees and waist and standing water and you know, in the areas around the, particularly the south of Pakistan. There's an urging, there's a feeling of wanting so much to be with them. And you, then you find in a way you are. Or, well, no, it's not that, but you're not with them, but that you're not the same person as before, you get pulled out of shape, your mind, your heart mind gets pulled out of shape, being pulled out of shape. is like becoming a kind of creature that I can be. It's okay to be pulled out of shape. And we have to respect that. And accept that. Because we're alive in a world We are made of this world. There's not one particle in a cell of any organ of our body, brain, that isn't part of this world. And when you're feeling in any way, halfway to effectiveness, you feel, you can feel the world acting through you. And I love that preposition through that the world can act through because we're an organ of this world. I never said that before, but what's filling my chest now is a sense that this is a great gift for us in this time to not be afraid of the moral distress, or the guilt, or the injustice. Because we are our world. It was hard for me to talk right now, because I want to cry. I want to cry with gratitude. Because I'm so glad that I feel that much part of my world. Mm. I have so much to say about the experience of rage, because it's not only grief that tears me apart, but rage as well. But underneath it all, are maybe rage and grief are ways of manifesting my identification with the world. At this point, at this, in my 94th year, after a lifetime of loving and exploring and marching and writing and loving this world that there is no stupidity that we humans of the 21st century there's no limit to the violence we can inflict on our world but there's it in no ways erases our deepest identity with our world. And I don't remember a time when in an interview on Zoom, I have wanted to and it's the, the tears are in me but it's because that more than ease, more than fairness, more than justice, even perhaps what I want, what I feel is my identity with my world.
1: Yeah, like you just pulled something right out from deep within you. I just felt you like like you had a rope and and a bucket and you went down oh. to the well of yourself and you pulled that out for us. And I'm so grateful. Yeah, I'm so grateful for that.
2: Yeah, thank you for eliciting and receiving that. And as I look at what I said, that's what the one thing more than anything. And I see it in myself and it's there. What more could I want? (laughs) (laughs) But that's what was placed in my living of life. When I emerged, when I came to be, is that that's because it feels that non separate from me yeah and and that it's beautiful when that non-separateness is experienced on a mountaintop or in a Beethoven seventh or in a garden a meadow of wildflowers but that it can be felt on the guillotine of this world with the thing the prisoners forgotten during a a hurricane left in their cells in their prisons in this incarcerating country of ours. And so that maybe it's that, <laughs> that curiosity is a great companion. What will it be like? There's no limits to what I'm ready to experience to be with my world,
1: mm. including that we do to each other i want to raise the question that these reflections are the fruit of a long engaged existence and there are people in their teens 20s 30s who are here they're becoming aware of their world they're feeling distressed i'm not gonna i'm not asking to go into problem solving but i'm asking like would you adapt how would you adapt if at all this wisdom for people who are are just full of fight and fury and grief and confusion and sense of abandonment and you know i have a young friend who is a climate
2: activist and uh, we've started conversations between us whether 60 years between us between her age and mine and we're exploring that but my first word to anybody would be don't be afraid of your sorrow or grief or rage treasure them they come from your caring now you can tell when they're thin or fake when you're only afraid of how that will appear to other people, that you will cry or rage in public or something. The grief, sense of loss, rage at the injustice of it, you have your life before you, it's life in you. It's life for you to trust. You are alive and you love that life, and you're going to let that life speak. Let yourself f- feel it. Don't let yourself go dead. And it will, if you, when you're not afraid, if you learn to treasure it as binding you to this beautiful planet, then it will nurture in you a clarity, fierce clarity for what can be done and be done by just you and do not let yourself just because you're aren't old enough to vote yet don't let yourself feel in any way reduced or incapable of manifesting your rage and your love because The rage comes from a huge love and a justice because you were born to this planet. You're part of this planet. You know, I'd like to take it back to the coming of capitalism 500 years ago, but there's stuff that goes back thousands of years to private property and all of that. And you're born as the same species that has brought us to this Point, and you didn't ask to be born as a human, and you didn't ask to be born at a time of great tragedy and danger. So, you're going to find in your willingness to be here a great love. I don't know how it's going to come to you, it'll be unique to your path, but you're going to show yourselves as worthy of this time. Those words just came. How can I at 93 about to step out? Bye-bye. Too bad you're all gonna be cooked. <laughs> no, because it's it's you've got to be glad to be here, my dear ones. You've got to be glad in some way to be here. And you'll find, you'll find the way to that. Because that's where the joy comes. It really is. Yeah, it really is. There's, there's so much joy and courage and so much joy in, in finding a purpose and so much joy in feeling supported by the ancestors and the other critters. You'll find so much support as you find your message.
0: You heard excerpts from a conversation between the scholar of Buddhism, Joanna Macy, and Vicki Robin, From Post Carbon Institute, you can find the full interview via YouTube. Search for the intriguingly named podcast series, What Could Possibly Go Right? Vicki Robin had also asked Joanna Macy about her workshops as root teacher of, quote, the work that reconnects. Sadly, there wasn't enough room in this TUC radio segment to include the exchange. However, here's how Vicky describes it in her outro to the podcast.
1: As the root teacher of the work that reconnects, Joanna has created a groundbreaking framework for personal and social change, as well as a powerful workshop methodology for its application. In the face of overwhelming social and ecological crises, this work helps people transform despair and apathy into constructive and collaborative action. It brings a new way of seeing the world as our larger living body. This perspective frees us from the assumptions and the attitudes that now threaten the continuity of
0: life on earth. That was Vicki Robin and with gratitude to Joanna Macy and Vicki Robin and encouragement to you to find out more about their work here's a reminder of their websites joannamacy.net postcarbon.org and again the What Could Possibly Go Right podcast at resilience.org You can hear this program again for free on TUC Radio's website, TUCRadio.org. My name is Maria Gelarden. Thank you for listening.